You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. John chapter 1. We're not going to stand uh, to read quite yet. We've got a couple things here before we, before we get into the text. John chapter 1. I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach. Um, I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly. And there are a lot more capable people that could be standing here tonight. And, um, and, and I know that. And I'm humbled by just the opportunity to preach. And so um, thankful for it. And I'm, I'm thankful that Pastor allows me, allows me to do this. And so I just want to share, share something that's been on my heart uh, for a while. And um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to get my words clear tonight in, in, in order. And so if you'll bear with me, hopefully it'll be a, a blessing and a help to you tonight. Um, so if you have seen my office recently... Well, probably at, really at any time, you know that I'm a huge Oklahoma State Cowboy fan. I, I, grew, up, I grew up as an Oklahoma State fan, fan. I came by honestly. The Hardy family are huge Oklahoma State fans. My, my papa, my nana both love OSU. My, my dad, my mom, and, and especially, especially my dad, um, but even my mom it, is a huge Oklahoma State fan, and she's a good example to my wife. She's getting there. Um, we're working on it. And really, all Hardys, all Hardys are Oklahoma State fans, except for one person in particular, and that's my sister, Emily. Now, she, she says that she's uh, an OSU fan. She says that um, she likes Oklahoma State. And, I mean, if she wasn't, she'd probably be disowned. And so she, she really doesn't have an option. Um, but she says that she's an Oklahoma State fan, but she could really care less about Oklahoma State football, Oklahoma State sports. It's sad, really. You know, she, she's, still, she's still learning. She's still growing. Um, you know, I forgive her. And you, you can give her a hard time about it. She's coming to spend the summer with us. Um, but she's just not, she's not, a, uh, not a big Oklahoma State fan. And it, it, it can get pretty frustrating at times because we, we'll, we'll be watching football games. We'll be watching um, Bedlam in particular. Four or five years ago, um, we were playing our rivals, the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, I don't want to hear anything from Brother Jeremy here at this point. Um, but we were, we were getting slaughtered. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not too, it's not uncommon uh, for us to, to lose in, in Bedlam, I have to say. Um, yeah. We, we, but we're on top right now, so... We, we won't talk about this year, but four or five years ago, I knew this was a bad idea. Four or five years ago, then we were watching Bedlam, and again, we, we, were, we were getting smashed, and nobody, nobody was happy um, in the Hardy household. Um, my dad is a, a very godly man, a very spiritual man, but he also gets extremely into OSU football, and he was not happy. We, we, uh, we all took it very serious. We were not happy. And, of course, Emily's not watching the game. She's upstairs doing her thing. And we, we get down towards the end of the game, and uh, Emily comes down 
just her, her chipper self, and she says, hey, did, did we win? Like, Come on, read the room. What, what do you think? Did we win? No, we didn't win. We're all extremely frustrated. And, and then, I mean, I, 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 thought, I thought Emily was going to get grounded because my dad was not, not ready for that, not ready for that at all. None of us were happy, and uh, she, she could care less. She's, she's what we would call a fringe Oklahoma State fan. I, I am not, I'm not a, I, I don't do anything on the fringe when it comes to sports. Um, I'm all in, um, so is the rest of my family, except for Emily. Emily's a fringe OSU fan. Um, and, and, you know, it's pretty, it, it can be typical for people in Stillwater, living in Stillwater. You're surrounded by Oklahoma State. You, you bleed orange. Everything is Oklahoma State. And yet, you have people like Emily. You have people um, that I worked with at Chick-fil-A who, who still wore their red uniform whenever it was Bedlam. And that, that was not good either. That was a very frustrating experience. But you have fringe Oklahoma State fans. And... Uh, um, as, frustra- as frustrating as that is, as an Oklahoma State fan, when people say they're fans, but, you know, they could really care less, um, it's, it's pretty frustrating. But I, I believe that's how a, a lot of us um, as Christians can, can live our lives at, as Christians. We are um, on the fringe. Some, some can be on the fringe, on the outside looking in, never really selling out to being a Christian, kind of just a fringe fan, you, you could really care less at times. You know, it's not that, you know, a fringe Christian um, is not genuine about their salvation or, or that they don't love the Lord, um, but they're, they're living their lives as an outlier, never really close to the action, never really close to the Lord. You know, and if we're not careful, we can all find ourselves as fringe Christians, getting slowly, slowly edging ourselves to the fringe, to the outside, and becoming a, a fringe fan, if you would. We're, um, it's what we do by default. If we're, if we're not living by design, then we're going to automatically uh, default to being a fringe Christian. When we're not actively seeking to be close to the Lord and, and as close to the action as possible, then we'll slowly slip to the outskirts of service in our relationship to the Lord. And as shocking as this may, may be, this actually happened to a couple of Jesus' disciples. Um, Thomas, uh, Judas, you, you, I think those are two obvious ones. But the one that I want to look at tonight is Philip. Most of you probably don't know much about Philip, and, and we really don't know a ton about Philip, except for his name. But he, he was the first disciple, the first man that Jesus called out to be his disciple. He, he was never missing. He, he was always there. He was always present. But he was never a real part of the action as a disciple. He was a fringe disciple. You know, you may think that that could never happen to you, that um, if you were in that position, that it wouldn't happen. But if it can happen to someone who walked and talked with Jesus, who, who could see him face to face, then it can happen to us. It can happen to us, even, even the, the strongest member of Eastside Baptist Church. Now, through Philip's story, we're, we're going to look at some characteristics of a fringe Christian, uh, a fringe disciple. So I want to look at Philip's life, and I, and I want you to, to examine your life, look at your life, 
and see if there are any similarities. See if there are any characteristics that, that are, are coming up in, in your life. So the first characteristic that we see of someone living on the fringe is found here in, in John 1. So we're going to look at John 1, look at verse 43. John 1, 43. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So, so Philip is introducing his friend Nathaniel uh, to Jesus. And, and he introduces him as the son of Joseph. Now I know that there may not seem like anything um, big or, or that it's not really a big deal. But just that the short phrase reveals to us how Philip viewed Jesus. You know, Philip said that, that, he, that Jesus was the son of Joseph. You, know, you would think that, that Philip would, would introduce Jesus as the, the son of God or, or the long-awaited Messiah, the, the savior of the world. And, and other people had, had done that and, and will do that, as, as you could see. But instead, he, he introduces him as the son of Joseph. You know, I believe that, that Philip's view of who Jesus was in the very beginning kept him from being sold out, kept him from being an all-in disciple because he just viewed Jesus as the son of Joseph, as the son of a carpenter. And a lot of times, and maybe, maybe you've grown up in church and, and this isn't you, but a lot of times our culture views Jesus as you know, just a baby in a manger or he was a, a really good guy. And, and that, that's how we, we can view Jesus. And, or, or you think of him as some, just some concept and, and not really a, a reachable, a reachable uh, person. But, you know, if Philip would have thought about who Jesus really was, who Jesus said he was, not just a son of, of some, some carpenter, but as Jesus, the son of God, or as Jesus, the, the, the savior, then he would have no lack of motivation to get close to Jesus, to learn everything he could from Jesus. Um, he, 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 would, he would try to live for him as much as he could. But when you have the wrong view of Jesus, when you have the wrong view of God, when you don't really know who Jesus is, then it affects how you live your life. It, it, it affects the things that you do or, or that you don't do. You know, if you have a family member come over for, for lunch, for supper, you know, you, you may pick up the clothes off the floor, you may put the pillows back on the couch and order some pizza. That, that's what I'm going to do when my sister comes. Um, and not, not anything too big because it's just my sister. It's just, just your family. But if you know that you're going to have the governor of South Dakota come to your house, then you would make sure that it is spotless. You, you would even clean out the junk drawer that, that no one sees. You, you never clean out, clean out the junk drawer for anybody. But if the governor was coming to your house, you would make sure that it is spotless. You would make the, the fanciest meal. You would get out your best dishes. You, you would do everything possible to prepare for the governor. All, all because you have a very high view of who's coming to your house. Um, you, having the proper view and respect for someone changes what you do. 
It changes how you behave. It changes how you act. You know, if, if you thought of God as your creator, the, the one who has given you absolutely everything that you have, if you thought of Jesus as your savior, the one who died on the cross to, to save you from your sins, it, it, then, then it wouldn't make you think twice about the sin that you let into your life on, on your phone, through your TV, on your computer, your, your friends, the, the, the discontentment that, that comes so easily, the, the angry spirit that you have, the way you treat your spouse, the way you treat others, the way you work, the way, the way that you interact with people, it would change how faithful you are to church. It, it would change uh, when you show up to church. It would change how you sing hymns, how you say amen in the service. It would change how you respond to invitation. Teenagers, kids, it would change the way that you respond to your parents if you have the proper view of God. As Christians, it, it, it should change the way that we read our Bibles, the, the way that we, how often we read our Bibles, how you pray, how you memorize scripture. If we have the proper view of God, then it, it, will, it will require us to have the proper actions. You know, it's like pastor has been preaching recently. If we truly seek to know who God is, and we tr- truly seek to know God, then there will be no noise. But when we don't know God like we should, and we don't seek him like we should, then we're going to be full of noise. We're going to be full of the wrong thoughts, of doubts, of trust issues. We're going to be full of noise and discontentment when we don't know God, when we don't truly know who he is, when we don't have the wrong view. So the first characteristic, the first marker of a fringe Christian is if your view of God isn't affecting your, your everyday life and your everyday decisions. You, you ought to have the proper view of God, and that will lead you to the, to the proper actions, to the proper uh, life. But, but this, the second characteristic of someone living on the fringe is found in John 6. So turn there, John chapter 6. This is another scenario in, in Philip's life. Now, by this time, Philip had seen Jesus do some miracles. He had seen him do some incredible things. And so at this time, Jesus wants to, to test Philip. He wants to prove Philip to see how he's grown in his faith. He, he wants to see um, how he's grown since he's become a disciple. So look at John 6, verse 2. And a great multitude followed him. Because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. In the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus already knew what he would do, but he wanted to see how how Philip would respond. Look at verse 7. This is how how he responds. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. I can see see the look on on Philip's face right now. He's like, are are you kidding? How how in the world are we going to feed 5,000 people with with 200 penny worth of bread? How, How is this even possible? It's impossible. There, there will never be enough food. There will never be enough money. And 
yet again, we see Philip living on the fringe. Because Philip first looked to the physical things, his own strength for the answer to his problem before trusting God to take care of it. He, he looked first to, to his own strength to answer his problem instead of looking to Jesus. You know, all Philip could see was this huge problem. All these people, all these mouths to feed, and the math just didn't add up. He, he, could, he couldn't get past it. You know, there, there was no way that he, he could figure this one out. All he could think was, how am I going to do this? How, how, are, we going, how are we going to do this? This is ridiculous. This is impossible. But because Philip was on the fringe, because he wasn't close to the Lord, because he, he wasn't walking with Jesus as he should, because he was just on the outside looking in, all he saw was the physical, the problems. All he could see were all the people that, that needed, to be, needed to be fed. You know, if he was really a sold-out, all-in disciple of Jesus, then he wouldn't be worrying about how the, the people would be fed because he'd seen Jesus' work. He'd seen Jesus' miracles. He had seen God do, do some incredible things, but yet he, all, all he could see were the physical. Now, I believe that sometimes God puts things in our lives. He puts us in difficult situations, just like he did for Philip, to prove us. To, to see how much we've grown, to see how much we've, we've grown um, since we've become a Christian. He, he wants to see whether, whether we'll rely on our own strength or trust him with the situation that we're in. You know, this, this may hit a little, little too close to home, but how about when you pull up to the gas station in a car that used to cost $25 to fill up, now it costs $60. And this happened to me yesterday. And many times my, my reaction can be, 25 penny worth is not sufficient for this. This is ridiculous. It, it can be pretty discouraging right now to, to see all the, the prices of everything go up. To see inflation, to see how expensive just living life is. And you, you, you look at the grocery bill, the electric bill, the rent, the mortgage, whatever it is. The bill for your car because it keeps breaking down. Um, you, you look at your finances, and, and it just seems like there, there's too much month and, and not enough money. And you, you just think, how, how am I going to do this? What, what am I going to do? How in the world are, are we going to get through this? You, you crunch the numbers. You try and figure out how you can make some extra cash, how you can put in some overtime. And you start looking to the physical things. You start looking to your own strength, for your own strength to solve this problem. And, and you focus all on what, what you can do. And, and you, you, can, you can lay awake at night for, for hours just trying to figure out how, how is this going to work. And, and that's the response of a fringe Christian. Christian. And we, we can all find ourselves doing that. Looking to ourselves, looking to the physical things instead of trusting God with the situation, the one who has worked so many miracles already and in, in previously in our lives. How about when, it, when a health trial comes up in your life or in your family? Is your first response to, to worry, to wring your hands, to think, how, how in the world are we going to get through this? What, what are we going to do? Or do you take it to the, to the Lord first and, and give it to him and trust him with it and say, Lord, I, I know I know you know what's going on in this situation, and I can, I can trust you. 
when, there, when there's family problems, when, when you're, you're, you're struggling with uh, your relationship with your spouse or, or with your kids at work, when, when the boss is just giving you more things to do, whatever it is, do you, do you look to, to the physical things, to yourself, to try and solve it? Or do you look to God? When, when problems, trials, hard things come up in your life, a fringe Christian will only look at the physical things, will only look at the problems, can only see the problems, and think, how am I going to do this? What, what am I going to do? How are we going to do this? But a sold-out, all-in Christian, a sold-out disciple will say, no, I trust God with this because he's proven himself over and over and over again in my life, so I'm just going to trust him. Now, does that mean we're, we're not going to worry when, when things come our way or, or that we, we, we try and figure out uh, how, how we you know, work the budget or, or um, you know, worry about, about a family member or whatever it is? No, we're still going to have those struggles. But our first thought should always be, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm going to trust you with it because you've proven yourself in my life. And, and that, that's what, that's what a, an all-in disciple would do. So, so that, that's, that's the second characteristic of, of a, fringe, a fringe Christian. Always looking to themselves first. Relying on their own strength. So now we're going to look over at, at John 14. And this is the, the, third, the third characteristic of a fringe Christian. And so here, here we are in the upper room. We're going to read this here, here in a minute. But Philip, at this point, has spent three years with Jesus. He had lived with him. He had listened to him. He had watched his every move. And you would think after, after seeing all the miracles... After, after hearing all the words, after hearing Jesus' teaching, that Philip wouldn't be living on the fringe. You, you would think that, that he would be bought in, that he'd be sold out, and that he would be living, living for, for Jesus. But that isn't the case. And, and we, we, look, we look here in John 14. Let's, let's look at, at verse 6. Verse 6 through 11. Jesus saith unto him, and he's referring to Thomas, uh, another disciple uh, on the fringe. He saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Then here's Philip again. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it, us, and it sufficeth us. He's saying, show, show us the Father, and, and I'll be satisfied. I'll, I'll be satisfied if you just show us the Father. And then look at verse 9. You, you can almost hear the disappointment in, in, in Jesus' voice. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now here, here are the disciples in the upper room, just before Jesus is about to be arrested, 
and, and crucified. You know, Jesus is just wanting to spend the last few moments um, with his closest friends and give him his final words. And in ver- verse, verses 6 and 7 are great. Jesus claims himself to be the only way to the Father. He, he claims he's equal to the Father. He, he's claiming his, his royal deity. He, he's claiming his deity. But that, this shouldn't be news to these disciples. They, they've been with him for three years. This shouldn't be news anymore. They, they should know him. But Thomas still has his doubts. And, and Philip definitely still has his doubts. They, they've spent three years listening to him, seeing his miracles, seeing his teaching, but Philip just still isn't getting it. And, and he, he, he says something really dumb. And he says, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. We'll, I'll, I'll be satisfied if you'll, if you'll just show me the Father, then, then I'll believe you. But he's, he's struggling with his relationship with Jesus. He's struggling in his relationship with God. He... Philip did not have a deep relationship with the Lord. And that's the third characteristic of a fringe Christian. I think it may be obvious, but it's one, it's one that we need to be mindful of. Is that Philip, even though he had been with Jesus for three years, did not have a deep relationship with the Lord. You know, it's clear that, that Philip didn't have a close walk with the Lord, and, and it's proved by what Jesus says in the next verse. I'll, I'll read it again. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? Philip had spent all this time with Jesus through all, all, all these amazing situations, through Jesus working miracles, through Jesus teaching them, teaching them some amazing things, but yet Philip still didn't trust him. He didn't have a relationship with him because he, he had neglected some things in his life. And and, and the first thing, again, it's, it, it may be pretty obvious, but, um, but Philip neglected Jesus' words. Philip was not, did not believe Jesus' words. He, he hadn't been paying attention. You know, Jesus is saying, um, he, he says, But believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The Father in me. He's saying, listen, Philip, believe my words. Just, just listen to what, what I've told you. Believe my word. Jesus is saying, you, you've been with me this whole time. You've heard what I've said, and yet you still don't believe me? You still don't trust me? Philip had neglected Jesus' words. And, and when it came time for him to, to trust God in, in, a, in a hard situation... And in the, in the coming situation with Jesus' crucifixion, he, he, he doubted him. And he had a hard time trusting Jesus because he hadn't been listening. He, he had been neglecting God's word. But not just that. He was neglecting the miracles that Jesus had worked. He, he had forgotten what, all the things that God had done, that Jesus had done. Look, look at verse 11, the, the second half. He said, or, or else... If you don't believe my words, if, if you haven't listened to anything I've said, believe me for the very work's sake. Well, Philip had seen some incredible things done. Jesus says, Philip, you, you've been with me for, for three years. You, you've seen me feed the 5,000. You've seen me turn water into wine. I, I've calmed the stormy sea. I, I've raised a dead man back to life. I've walked on water. Why do you still doubt me? Why, why don't you trust me? After all of that, 
Philip still doubted Jesus' plan. He, he still doubted Jesus. He, he forgot how Jesus had, had worked in his life. All the things that, that Jesus had done, all he could see was, was the problems and the doubt in front of him. All, all he could see was the problem. It sounds familiar. It sounds like something else he was struggling with. Philip lacked a relationship with Jesus because he neglected Jesus' words and he forgot his miracles, the working that, that Jesus had done in his life. You know, Philip, Philip could have had a great relationship with the Lord. Philip, Philip had the same opportunity as, as Peter and as all the other disciples to do great things for, for the Lord and, and, to, and to be close to him. And yet, he just still was content to be on the fringe. He was a fringe disciple. But he had spent three years with Jesus and it seems like, it seems like he, he just met him. You know, we can be just like Philip. We, we, we could be saved for 5, 10, 20, 30, maybe even 50 years and yet not be close to the Lord. You know, just, just because we've been saved for a long time or you, you, maybe you've been a member of Eastside for 30 years, that doesn't equate to a close relationship with the Lord. If, if we neglect, if you continue to neglect God's word, if you, if you forget how, how God has worked in, in your life in the past, forget the miracles that he's worked even in this church, then you're, you're going to remain on the fringe. You'll never be close to the Lord. And I, and I want to ask you, is the, is the time that you've been saved, think about how long you've been saved, does that line up with your view of God, your knowledge of God? Does it line up with, with how you trust him in hard situations, in trials? Even with, with everything that's going on right now, is your first thought to worry, to look to your own strength to, to solve the problems, or is it to trust God? Is how, how long you've been saved, does that line up with how much time you spend in God's word? How much time you spend thanking him for, for what he's done in your life? Or does it just end in doubt like, like Philip? Now, I wonder if, if Jesus ever looks down on us with that same feeling that he did and the same voice as he did with Philip. When we mess up, when we sin again, when we don't trust him, when we don't seek his will, when we put our will first, you, you can almost hear him say, after all this time, you still won't follow me? You still don't trust me? You still don't believe me? You know, Philip is, was a lot like us. He, he believed. He, he, trust, he's tr he, he believed in Jesus. He followed. But at the same time, he was on the fringe. Uh, until you really build a relationship with God through, through his word, through prayer, through thank, thanking him for, for his miracles, trusting him, then you'll stay on the fringe. You will always be a, a fringe Christian. You must know him well. You must know God well to be able to trust him fully. It, it's, again, it's like pastors preach. If you don't want any noise, if you don't want noise in your life, if you want to be able to trust the Lord, if you, if you want to be able to be content in him, then you have to know him. Know God, no noise. No, Philip's problem was that after all the time he had spent with Jesus, 
he still didn't really know him. I hope that couldn't, I hope that couldn't be said of, of us tonight. People who've been saved for, for so long, people who, who have had all the opportunity as anyone else in this room to have a relationship with the Lord, to do great things for the Lord, and yet get down to the end of it and, and say, man, after all this time, I, I, and you still won't follow me? What, 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 what could be said of you? Are, you? are you a fringe Christian or are you an all-in disciple? You know, you, you, don't, you don't have to, to be like, like Philip, because I'm sure Philip had, it, had, his, um, had his regrets after that. You, know, you, 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 can, you can never take that back. You, you, can, you can never unhear what, what Jesus told him. You know, it, there, there, were other, there were other disciples that were on the fringe. There was Judas. He was definitely on the fringe. And, and he, he regretted being on the fringe so much that, that he, he ended up killing himself. You know, Thomas had his doubts, and I'm sure he had his regrets. Philip had his regrets. But you know what? At the end of Philip's life, I believe after hearing that from Jesus, then I think he turned it around. Because at, at the end of it, then he, he was one of the ones that, that preached at, at Pentecost when, when, when 2,000 people were saved. He was still able to be used of the Lord, but he had, he had to take God's word serious. He had to look back and, and say, you know, I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust Jesus because he has done so many things in my life already. I'm going to trust him. And history says that he, he was a martyr. He ended up being a martyr for Jesus Christ. And he ended up being able to turn his life around because he decided, you know what? I'm not going to be a fringe Christian. I'm not going to waste the time that I had with Jesus. And I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to serve him. I hope that'll be your, your, your prayer tonight. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop being a fringe Christian. I've been saved for this long and I should trust you more. I, I, should, I should rely on you more. I should, I should stop trying to rely uh, on my own strength. And I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be in your word. I'm going to be faithful to your word. I'm going to, to thank you for how you've worked in my past. And I'm going to trust you for, for the future. You know, tonight, let's, let's not settle to be on the fringe. Let's not settle to be on the outskirts. But let's decide that we're going to be sold out. That we're going to be all in disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's stand. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.